Whoa. So I watched this yesterday, and uh, happy Thanksgiving, everyone, I guess. Um, but, I, and, and normally with this podcast, I react the, right away. But uh, I had like so many things to do yesterday, I didn't have a chance to do it. And I haven't done a podcast in so long, or like a podcast, where, like one that's done quickly. Like I'm watching, uh, re-watching Patriot and commenting on it. So it takes just a long time to edit and just... Life has been really, really busy, so the podcasts haven't been out as often as I like. I'd like to do it once a week, and it's been like every couple of months now, which sucks. But hey, life gets in the way, to quote Jeff Goldblum. But anyway, so, um, so I'm talking about Andor now, and uh, god damn, I mean, thank goodness. Because while I've liked... The, I haven't hated any new Star Wars TV show lately. Some have been, you know, like, oh, this is really good, or, you know, there's some incredible moments, like Obi-Wan was an example. Obi-Wan was good. Incredible moments. Uh, as a whole, it was like, uh, cool, kind of forgettable in a way, but good, you know? A show like Andor sticks with me to where it, it doesn't even have to be about Star Wars. It could really... The fact that it's Star Wars makes it a thousand times better. Um, but the fact that it doesn't have to be Star Wars means something. That someone can be not a Star Wars fan, have no idea what Star Wars is, never seen Star Wars, and still enjoy Andor for what it is. It is a story about uh, how people can change for the better and for the worse... Uh, can evolve, and what makes, what goes into a rebellion and a resistance, and it's not all good guy, bad guy, black and white, there are shades of gray. And this is something that The Last Jedi, and why I love The Last Jedi so much, got into. And kind of Andor's, and then, you know, uh, a lot of the, the cartoons got into those, got into that, that gray area as well. Um, but with, with, as far as live action, and I guess I'm kind of partial to live action. I just, I get more of a, a connection to live action than I do to cartoons, as much as I do really like the cartoons. Um, but it shows how messy this kind of thing can be, and it also shows how evil and diabolical the empire or substitute authoritarian governments into it. So substitute uh, the Nazis, substitute what's going on in Russia right now, substitute that and that it shows just how brutal they can be, how you don't even have to be doing anything. You'll get sent to, uh, to hard labor, a concentration camp, a gulag for years, or they tell you years, but you'll never get out. You'll die there because you have to feed the war machine, which... You know, the, the, the post-credit show, they were feeding the war machine of the Death Star. Um, but how it just shows that the mess to rebel against the mess can be really messy. Um, and, and that just couldn't have been better explained than the two characters of Luthen and then... Mon Mothma. With Mon Mothma, listen, I started turning the Jedi in the movie theaters when I was six. How old was I? Five? Six? 
And, uh, you know, I, and then I've seen it a billion times. Like, oh, my Mothma, cool. Who is this person? Oh, she must be a leader. All right, nice. She has a speech. Great. And then when she shows up again, and uh, she was in a deleted scene in episode three, and it was an excellent deleted scene. Uh, I wish they kept it in because that showed the building of what what the the, the resistance within the Senate. Um, and then Rogue One, it, it was just great seeing her, you know. But but again, not a um, I haven't seen Rogue One in a while, but not a a super uh, weighty role, like a, a super heavy-duty role. Um, this one, obviously, she did, and it just shows. So on one side, you know, she has this mask, this veneer. It's called uh, uh, drama, dramaturgical analysis, the masks that we put on. Uh, I will uh, act differently at a funeral than I would, you know, on a, on a night out with, uh, with my friends, unless it's a really fun funeral. Anyway. Um, so, and she explains that. She's like, no, keep smiling. This is what I have to do. This is what I have to put on. Because she's so committed. She knows how wrong the empire is and how brutal uh, the emperor in the empire is. Um, so that's, uh, you know, that part. Meanwhile, she's like rich and fancy and extravagant, but she's scared out of her mind. She's Alone, you know, with the exception of seeing Vel every once in a while. Terrifying what she has to do, how she she has to hide things, the compromises that she has to make. Ultimately, where she has to marry off her daughter to a a gangster to to help fund this rebellion that she believes in so much. So she is willing to... Now, her daughter was in on the ritual of... Getting having an arranged marriage at 14, which is horrifying within itself. So all the things that she has to do, all the just sneaking around and all the lying and all the all for this cause. Uh, it's not just, hey, we're gonna go fight and things are gonna be great because we're great. No, it's like, oh, I gotta lie, I gotta do this to my family, I gotta steal, uh, I have to get, be associated with someone like Luthen. Uh, and on to Luthen, I mean, talk about a gray. You know, my Mothma had some gray. Luthen was like a lot of gray. There was so much gray in Luthen. What he was willing to do, and that brilliant speech. Oh my, one of the top three speeches in Star Wars, like next to like Yoda, you know, all this, uh, looked away to the future, the horizon, never is mine, where he was, what he was doing, those speeches from Yoda in Empire, to like, I loved uh, Luke Skywalker's speech in, in like, uh, The Last Jedi about him being a legend, I mean, so many good speeches to pull from, and this is up there, like, oh my god, he laid it all out, what he has to sacrifice, which is basically <laughs> any form of happiness and well-being, any form of just not being thanked because he has to hide in the shadows. Another mask being this art dealer. Uh, Friends, you know, not looking over his shoulder every second uh, for fear of being found out. All of this play acting that he has to do. And then he's out there in the field flying ships and running and, 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 and fighting on the ground himself. It's a lot, and all for this cause of overthrowing this tyrannical galaxy-wide government who is just brutalizing their people. Um, 
So a lot of gray in that. And then, you know, I think a Saw Guerrero is so awesome to see Forrest Whitaker again. Um, because uh, Forrest Whitaker is just an awesome actor, but just to see him and how extreme Guerrero is compared to the less extreme, I think, of Luthen. Luthen maybe carries himself a little better. Guerrero just puts it all out there. He is just so extreme. And the conversations that they have and the arguments that they have about what they want this rebellion to be is so fascinating and nothing that I've seen in Star Wars before going to go into this depth. Andor is Star Wars for adults. Finally. You know, Last Jedi was there as well, but it's something kids can enjoy. I don't know if little kids, seven, eight-year-olds, would enjoy Andor. And that's okay. There's so many other uh, content for adults and kids to enjoy at the same time. Kids to enjoy at one level, adults to enjoy on another. Andor is something where it's like, you know, Mandalorian, I like the Mandalorian, and Book of Boba Fett was so-so. But it's, you can tell it's Filoni and Favreau and Rodriguez, they're, it's, they have their real-life action figures in their sandbox, and they're moving stuff around and, and playing with it and, you know, going like, cool, I did that when I was a kid. Um, haven't done that recently, and I probably won't, but still, um, they're doing it. They're live action with their toys. Cool. Fun. Great. It's inspiring moments. Andra's different. These aren't toys. They are, they are fleshed out human characters with fears, feelings, love, hate, moral dilemmas, uh, suffering, a lot of suffering, because again, the Empire is brutal. I always found it weird that Lucasfilm, or Lucas himself would market toys, which I get, it's a lot of money, but someone like Darth Vader, someone like the Emperor, who in the first Star Wars movie, meaning A New Hope, the first movie that was released, there's genocide committed, a whole planet was blown up, and it's like, well, here, here's a shirt, here's an action figure, here, you know, here, here's a plush toy of a genocidal, just a murderer in Darth Vader, in, in, in the Emperor, um, and, you know, I get the psychology, be and there is a psychology behind, um, you know, rooting for the bad guys or liking the bad guys. There's a catharsis in it. I still find it strange, though. I, I normally root for the good guys. I'm even, it's even weird for me to have, like, an Empire Strikes Back poster in my apartment because I'm like, I don't want to see Empire on there, even though Yoda's on the poster. It's the NPR Empire Strikes Back poster. It's beautiful. So I have that in my apartment because I'm seven years old. But I'm an adult. And I watch Andor because it's Star Wars for adults. Um, so it just goes to show that Star Wars can be enjoyed. And Star Wars needs to push the limits on the kind of shows there needs to be. And again, it could be a whole spectrum of stuff. But have this type of show as well. Um, so yeah, so, so, so Luthen, the things that he had to do, the, the psychology behind him, just how much mental energy it takes uh, for him to, to do what he has to do. Um, you know, and then we go to you know, the, this rebel cell who the Empire would consider terrorists, you know, the, uh, the Aldani heist, which was a cool heist. Easier than I thought it would be. You know, they, they lost half their team, but the heist itself seemed easy. Um, you know, it, it, I... I didn't get, there was more tension for the buildup than it was for the heist, but the heist was still well done. But again, it shows, it shows that 
you know, watching A New Hope, it's like, oh, there's a TIE fighter. Whoa, cool. All right, it blows up. But seeing a TIE fighter on Aldani, and if you're just one person, two people trying to hide, TIE fighter is terrifying. Stormtroopers are terrifying in this. Even Vader and Kenobi, terrifying, because it shows how brutal and evil they can be. Um, so you meet this rebel cell who needs to steal money to fund the rebellion, just like Mon Mothma was doing. Mon Mothma was doing it through her banking, through moving money around. And in Aldani Heist, you know, the, the group was doing it uh, just out in the open, just, just robbing things. Um, I, wish we, I wish we could have gotten to know, um, you know, more of the characters. At least there's Cinta and obviously Vel, but the other characters as well, especially, uh, uh, what was the guy's name? Kim, 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 I almost said Kimmel. Um, the guy who wrote the book, The Manifesto. Uh, fascinating character, but the fact that he did die, you know, kind of leaves you wanting more, and his legacy lives on, and he's the guy who was influencing Andor. And, um, you know, how can, I, how can I not talk about Cassian uh, on the show that bears his name? You know, when, when Rogue One came out and Cassian was introduced, I'm like, cool. Like, really cool character. I was more emotionally attached to... Um, to, uh, uh, I'm forgetting her name, uh, the, the, the main character, of, I haven't had my coffee yet, the, the main character, Jin Erso, um, I was more attached to her um, emotionally, but I, re- I, but I did like Cassian and, of course, Diego Luna's, Luna's performance. Um, so I was, you know, when I saw the trailer for Andor, I'm like, cool. Or, or even when I read about Andor, I'm like, all right, cool. And I saw the trailer, I'm like, well, this is interesting. Huh, all right, I'm looking forward to it. And then, you know, when I saw the first three episodes, and I think I was, the first three episodes, I'm like, this is really good. And I was hooked on the, uh, on the fourth one, uh, just to show how, just how deep everything went. Um, so, and it just shows, again, the growth of Cassian. When the show began, I thought Cassian was already part of the rebellion, so I was confused. I'm like, what's he doing in a bar? And why is he on this planet? How come he's not doing, like, rebellion stuff? I didn't realize that he wasn't part of anything yet. He was just a guy trying to make his way on Ferrix, you know, and borrowing money and being unreliable and not giving money back. And the townspeople, they, they're so connected to him. And they're like, okay, okay, come on. They care about him, but they're like, this guy's such a fuck-up. Oh, my God. And they had such respect for his mom, for, for Marva. That they're like, all right, that's Cassian, and hopefully he'll change, but Jesus Christ. You know, they, they just had it, they were just, they've had it with him. But at the same time, Cassian was, you know, had a history with the Empire and then with just governments in general about them screwing him over. They, they destroyed his planet. I believe it was the Empire at that time. Destroyed his planet of his natural resources. Killed his family. He can't find his sister. That's how the show began. In a brothel, no less. That's how you know it's Star Wars for adults. Um, and then not to mention just, you know, the, it's interesting how violence, you know, it's like, oh, it's cool, let's play violence, it's for kids. But you mention a brothel, it's like, oh, no, 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 it's for adults. Uh, you figure they both should be for adults, but all right. Um, so it just shows the evolution of Cassian, and even though you knew he was going to survive, obviously, because he was in Rogue One, there were moments of tension. It's like, well, how is he going to get out of this one? And then you care, you start to care for his friends and his, and his adopted family, you know, with Clem, and how Clem, Clem didn't even have a big role in the show, but it just shows how Clem 
taught him things and instilled those values. And holy shit, Marva, how Marva, you can t- just, oh, geez, the, talk about Star Wars speeches. That Marva didn't even say it. It was the one dictated to, to Brasso about how she would love him. You know, I, I, I forgot that speech, but that... The, fi- the, the, the final speech that Brasso said to Cassian was like, oh, my God. And then the speech that Marva gave at her own funeral was, you know, like, we have to kill these bastards. You know, like, holy shit. And then so it just shows how Cassian, I would say, evolved because, you know, he was stealing things and he was kind of just, you know, he was stealing from the Empire one, because he hated them, and two, to, to take care of, him, of himself. He evolves to, I am a part of this cause now because I want to take care of others. And it showed that at the end where he, he rescued Bix, which, I, you know, I, I get the, his motiv- the, the motivation was there to rescue Bix. Little damsel in distress, but uh, still uh, well done. And that torture scene was brutal um, because you... You didn't see any torture. You had to imagine it. And lately, uh, side note, I'm watching Handmaid's Tale, which is good, but absolutely horrifying. Talk about tyrannical governments uh, and authoritarianism. Uh, And if uh, certain factions of the Republican Party, well, most of the Republican Party, if they get their way, it probably wouldn't be that far uh, from what the Handmaid's Tale is. But it handmade still, especially at the beginning of season two, it, it's showing, and even season one, it's like showing just explicit torture, like blatant. And I'm like, I get it. I, I don't need to see it. I don't need to see it. You know, there are ways to convey that without seeing it, and that's what Andor did really well. Uh, and Bix is just so messed up from it. Um, so, rescues Bix, Brasso, uh, the Jess, Jess, Jess something, leader of the Daughters of Ferrix. And of course, B2, oh my God, my heart's, my heart, oh, what a just unique droid. You know, like you have attachments to droids like 3PO. You love him, but he's like an annoying droid who, who you love, the annoying neurotic droid who you love. R2, you know, sassy, stands up for himself. BB-8, kind of the same mold, kind of like a cuter version of R2, I guess. Chopper, just like, what the fuck, you know? K2, just uh, really, really funny, but at the same time knows how to get the job done. I just, B2 was like like a baby, like a child who kind of knew what was going on, but then kind of didn't, you know, almost like having a puppy in a way, but just so, you know, was probably helped ground, along with Marva and Clem, made Cassian uh, feel more for others because he was just so loved by those around him. Even for all of his fuck-ups, he was so loved. Not just from Marva and Clem, but from the, the people, the people of Ferrix. So it shows the evolution of Cassian. And I am, I can't wait for season two. I am terrified because there's no mention of Cassian's family at all in Rogue One. And Cassian, I believe, has said he's lost everything. So some shit went down. Uh, some shit's going to go down in season two. It has to. Um, because you figure you would have seen something. Or maybe they do survive, and Cassian's like, oh, I got this a mission to go on. I won't see you for a while, but I'll be back. I hope. I have a feeling we won't... Everybody's going to die. Obviously, Cassian dies, too. Um, but, Jesus Christ. So unexpected. 
so unexpected how good this is. You know, as far as rankings in the Star Wars, you know, just repertoire, and again, it's so great and it's so vast, but this is up there for me. It's, it's top three. It's like Last Jedi, Andor, Empire Strikes Back for me. Like, just, I, I, there's just no doubt. Because, again, Last Jedi, all three of those kind of, kind of, you know, shook things up a little bit in a good way. It didn't shake things up just to be edgy. Uh, it, it shook things up to where it's like, whoa, this is turning stuff on its head. Uh, you know, Last Jedi for so many reasons. Again, telling the, 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 the gray, there's, you know, sometimes the good guys do bad things. Uh, Andor for what I've been saying for the past 20 minutes. And... Um, you know, Empire just for, you know, how classic it is and the introduction of characters like Yoda and these huge surprising reveals, which, you know, at least I probably for the time wasn't something that was so prevalent. So, um, but just ugh, brilliant show. Uh, hopefully more people will watch it. Um, but even if they don't, there is a season, t- it fucking better be a season two coming. Um, but there, from what I understand, there is a season two coming and, you know, now expectations are going to be high, but with, uh, Gilroy at the helm, uh, I, uh, I am, I'm not worried. So just brilliant, 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 brilliant. So if you think this podcast is brilliant, how can you not with all my ramblings? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at MMAM Podcast. You can find me on Facebook at MMAM Podcast. Email me at MMAM Podcast at gmail.com. And you know what makes a great rebellion is having credible sources of information. Hopefully, we'll never get to the stage where there is a rebellion because that would just be, it would be like it would be in Andor. It'd be horrifying, horrifying about, you know, just, just looking at the way the riot was and how the Empire treated the people of Ferrix during the funeral, a funeral, no less, um, and just brutalizing the people, just, again, horrifying. There's been a lot of riots in this country, um, and it just showed uh, how terrifying it can be from, uh, you know, from, from the authoritarian side, how, how they just try to stomp down and dissent. So if you want to be informed so you can vote for people to, to you know, to help keep things going in a, in a good way and make things better for, uh, for everyone, not just a few, uh, please get your information from credible sources. And that's the mainstream media, folks. That's the newspapers. Radio, podcast, old school, you know, follow them. Don't follow pundits. So, you know, New York Times, BBC. BBC is a great podcast called Global News Podcast. You get the world in a half hour a couple times a day. NPR is really good. Uh, New York Times, Washington Post, USA Today for the newspapers, or you can subscribe digitally. So inform, inform, know, know where the information is coming from know how they put together that information, and get yourself informed, because information and knowledge is power. Unlimited power! (coughs) All right, have a Thanksgiving. Bye.